0: Welcome to the Quotivation Podcast. Together, we will unlock inspiration one quote at a time. Your host is one of America's top emerging public speakers. He is a former semifinalist in the World Championship of Public Speaking and is an expert motivator. Please welcome Jody Powell.
1: Welcome back for another exciting episode of the Quotivation Podcast. It's going to encourage, inspire, and motivate you to win your week. I hope you had an amazing weekend and that you are recharged and you're ready to take on the challenges that come to you this week. I want you to remember something about this week. This week is about you. It's about what you need to accomplish. It's about how you want to accomplish it. Yeah, you might work for someone, or you might work for a company, but the work you do is more for you than it is anyone else. Take this week as an opportunity to learn, to learn something new. In doing your work, make yourself look the best you can possibly look by doing the work at an incredibly high level the level that you're capable of doing the work. Don't think of it as something your boss says that you have to do. Do the work in a way that gives you energy, that teaches you lessons, that inspires you to be better. In other words, go win your week. So let's start by winning your week right now. We're going to start this episode off like we do with every episode with a shot, a shot of motivation. And this week's Shot of Motivation is brought to you by Amy Real of Cross Country Mortgage. And as you know, Amy is the real deal in all things mortgage. She's been a dear friend of mine for many years, and she is a big fan of the Quotivation podcast. She's commenting, she's liking, she's sharing all of the things that I hope you all do with this episode of the Quotivation podcast. So if you're in need of a first mortgage or a second mortgage, or maybe a mortgage on that investment property, or maybe you want to refinance. Give Amy a call today. Her phone number is 864-310-9337. That's 864-310-9337. And you can reach her also by email at amy.real, R-E-I-H-L, at ccm.com. Amy Real, she is the real deal for all things mortgage. And Amy's NMLS number is 486 620 And as always, Amy, thank you for sponsoring this week's Shot of Motivation.
0: It's time for a shot of motivation where the vibes like taking a shot, but the high is pure inspiration. This is a quick, powerful boost of motivation to fire up your spirit. Get ready for a rapid infusion of uplifting stories, impactful quotes, and game-changing ideas. It's the swift, potent dose you need to amp up your game and win your week. It's a shot of motivation.
1: You know, this week I sent out a lot of emails direct messages, and connections to many different people. Some of them I heard back from, others I didn't, which is fine with me. I'm not really someone that takes offense from being ghosted or having someone not respond to me at all. It's not a big deal to me. But there was one correspondence that I sent out. Actually, it was a follow-up to a correspondence that I had not heard back from at all from this person. And again, I get it. It's not a big deal. People get busy. And, you know, the more people that you interact with, the more chance that you have for missing a message or not responding to one. It's okay. Except a couple of days later when I see this same person posting advice on social media about how rude and unacceptable it is to ghost someone. And I found it funny. It, it, it was funny to me. Irony can sometimes tickle my funny bone. And I was really debating on how to even respond, or should I even respond? Is this something I should keep to myself? And it reminded me of a Bible verse found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 4 and 5. And this is what it says. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, When all the time there is a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, it may sound like that I'm chastising the person that posted this advice on social media, but actually I'm not. I read that to be speaking to me not to be speaking to that person. Not for me to take and say, see, see, says right here, ha ha ha, gotcha. No, that that, that verse was for me. And I didn't say anything. I didn't reach for the speck of dust in their eye because quite frankly, I'm sure I've been guilty of this same thing in the past. I've given advice with the best of intentions and certainly not followed it myself. The lesson here is not to be careful about giving the advice. The advice was good, the content was good, the post was incredible, was spot on. The lesson though, I think, comes in self-reflection. Before we are so quick to give advice and before we're so quick to judge and before we're so quick to, to make a decision about someone uh, who, who gives advice as, as hypocrites. We need to first self-reflect. We need to be self-aware of the things that plague us, the bad habits that we have, the things that we do that may be considered rude or unacceptable. Recognize those things and call them out in ourselves. Be accountable to yourself. I could have reached out with a third message to this person, and it could have been rather snarky. I could have even pulled quotes from their post and included them in the direct message. You know, who are you to tell us not to ghost someone? You ghosted me. The problem with that is that I'm sure there are plenty of people that could come back to me and say the same thing. They come back to me and say, yeah, well, who are you to call that person out? Because a month ago, you ghosted me. So does this mean we should never hold each other accountable or give advice because we've done the same things ourselves or we're guilty of the same crimes? That's not what that means at all. We're all broken. <laughs> we've all messed up. That's, that's the one thing we all have in common is that none of us are perfect. And if we only give advice on things that we didn't do wrong, no one would ever really give good advice, quite frankly. But I think the lesson here is one of self-awareness. I think understanding your own shortcomings and striving to overcome them, especially if it's something you're holding someone else accountable for. As I said, I've, I've ghosted many people on social media, on emails, on, uh, on other communications, and I need to be aware of those situations and hold myself accountable In doing this and in approaching it in this manner, in a way that we are self-reflecting before we just jump to judge and we jump to conclusions and we jump to the execution and and, and just the decisions that we make about people and how dare they do these things when we're the ones that are actually doing them just as much. In taking time to be self-aware, in taking time to reflect, in taking time to look at the things that we are doing, and striving to be better, we find a little grace to extend to the person that has offended us. And in that grace, we find humility, and we find forgiveness. And those are two powerful forces, so powerful that they help us continue to move forward. They help us to be better versions of ourselves. They help us to win our week. So this week, as you take time to self-reflect and think about the shortcomings that you want to improve upon, think about the things that have offended you and have you in turn offended someone else in the same way, as we take time to become self-aware And we find the grace to extend and we find humility and forgiveness. I hope we take time to extend it, to share it, to talk about it, to use ourselves as the example. I'm as guilty of this as anyone, but here are some things that I'm going to work on, and I hope you will come alongside me and we can hold each other accountable as we work on these situations, instead of getting mad, instead of firing off some kind of snarky response, instead of thinking that you're better than that person and how could they do that to you, this week, extend the grace. Find the strength to be humble and forgive. And that's going to help you win your week. That was your shot of motivation for the week. I hope it helps you resolve conflict in your life so that you can be better, so that you can move forward. And you can pull some along, someone along with you so that they're better and they can move forward as well. Go win your week.
0: This has been a shot of motivation from America's leading emerging speaker, Jody Powell. We hope it helps you win your week.
1: All right, let's get to our special guest this week. Woody Danzler is a former quarterback for my beloved Clemson Tigers. Woody's college career spanned from his first collegiate start in the fifth game of his freshman year in 1998 to his final game as a senior in the 2001 Tangerine Bowl, an impressive victory over Louisiana Tech 49-24. Woody became the first NCAA quarterback to ever pass for 2,000 yards and rush for 1,000 yards in a single season, and only the third player to ever pass for 5,000 yards and rush for 2,500 yards in his career. Most importantly, Woody was an impressive 3-1 and over Clemson's in-state rival, the University of South Carolina. But after his college career, Woody played in the NFL for several seasons for both the Dallas Cowboys and the Atlanta Falcons, but his story goes beyond the gridiron. Woody has seamlessly transitioned from the world of sports to becoming a motivational force, inspiring countless individuals to reach for their dreams and overcome life's challenges. Woody is a motivational speaker through his program called Wooden Pieces. He is a coach and trainer for young people through his 123 Fundamental Foundational Training Program. And he's a mentor through his mentorship program, DR Square, Discipline, Respect, and Responsibility. He is also a child of God, a lover of Jesus, and he is a loving husband and a father. Please welcome to the Quotivational Podcast, Woody Danzer. Woody, how are you, buddy?
2: I am kind of shaking a little bit right now, trying to see if I can live up to that introduction. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty doggone awesome
1: man well i think you're pretty doggone awesome man i'm <laughs> glad to have you on it's a, it's an honor to speak with you and i'm excited yes. i've of course followed your football career but but what you've done after football has been really impactful and inspiring tell us a little bit about wooden pieces tell us about tra- your training and coaching programs and your mentorship programs what what's what have you been up to
0: so
2: um I've just been living life in, uh, and just trying to allow myself to be used by God, because that's what it's all about for me. When 1999 took place, when I learned of and followed Jesus for real, you know, my whole life changed and I got to see a whole lot of things, but uh, we'll get, we can get into that as deep as we want. But to answer your first question, wooden pieces is all spin off of something my daddy taught me earlier on. Um, he told we was, sitting. I remember vividly. We were sitting down at the table, and from our kitchen where we eat dinner—I'm not kitchen from from our dining room where we eat dinner—you know—we could see the kitchen, and we were just having a conversation like we always do. And he he talked to me. and He was saying, "Hey, you know what? Experience is the best teacher, right?" And I was like, "Yes," because you know we all heard that experience. Yes, experience is the best teacher. And he said, "No, experience is a good teacher." The best teacher is other people's experience. And then he proceeded to point at the stove and say, You see that stove over there? He said, If I walked over there and I'm cooking and I do something and I burn my hand on the stove, you don't have to walk over to the stove and burn your hand to know that it's hot. You can mm-hmm. learn from my experience of burning my hand at the stove is hot. You know, not to touch it. So when I think about wooden pieces, it's just me sharing pieces of my life to hopefully help someone in their journey called life. So that's what wooden pieces is all about.
1: That's amazing. It sounds mm-hmm. awesome. It's a great legacy, too, from your father. And I know that that through your marketing and, and branding of yourself, you use the fact that you're a third in, in your namesake. Yes. Um, yes. And, and so that legacy must be very important to you. It, it surely is.
2: I, again, other conversation with my dad. I remember I used to write my name when I was in school, Woodrow Dance. Woodrow Dance. And one day he said, said, no, um, you write Woodrow Dance the third. Because that's your name, what you've been doing all this time. You have been writing your grandfather's name on the paper. That's not your name. And so from there, he also taught me, you know, when I first introduced myself to people, because I always get the question, what do you go by? Woody or Woodrow? When I first meet people for the first time, my dad said, always introduce yourself as your full name. So, hey, I'm Woodrow Dance third Now, after that, then you can go Woodrow, you can go Woody. You know, so it just, uh, it doesn't matter after that. But just keeping with how my father raised me and taught me to do. I introduce myself and my whole name because like you said, name has meaning and it's definitely something about legacy to to carry on from what my grandfather, my father, uh, have done important to me. So I want to pour back into others.
1: And let's talk about pouring back into the others because, because you have not only wooden pieces, what you do in terms of motivational speaking, but you also have the opportunity to train, to coach young folks. You have this mentorship program that you're working through um, with a group of, of very lucky middle schoolers who have you as a mentor. Talk a little <laughs> bit about what you're doing with both the training and the coaching and then also your mentorship program. See,
2: the thing with that is you, we've learned, and I've heard different people, when you try to seek out what you've been created to do, a lot of time it can be found in frustration. It can be found in things that bother you. Yeah, it can also be found in things that you're gifted at. But a lot of times it's the stuff that frustrates you. So, you know, a lot of people talk about our youth today. And shoot, when I was growing up, I was the youth that people talk about. And so on and so forth. So generation after generation, that cycle repeats itself. So if I see something in a young person or something bothers me or irritates me, then that's God telling me, hey, it's bothering you because I've engineered you to fix it or do something about it. So instead of just talking about an issue or talking about a problem, you get engaged, you get involved. So I see what they say about our youth They talk about our youth, but when I engage them, I see, you know, the greatness that God placed in them and I just want them to realize it as well. So that's why I engage them in my mentor program, which like you mentioned, discipline, respect, and responsibility. And those are the core values that we actually, we we hang our program on because it takes discipline for a young man to begin to grow. And once he grabs all the discipline, you know then he's ready to garner respect and he has respect for himself cuz he's disciplined and once he begins to garner respect for himself and others now he's ready to take on responsibility and once that happens now he can command the attention and the greatness of the world so that's what that's what that is
1: and that's a fantastic step program uh, you have yes. to have one before you can go to number 2 you have to have right. both before you can move on that's fantastic what are some things that you're learning from from the kids i know a lot of times when when i have the opportunity to mentor I I, I learn more than I ever could teach. So, what are some things that these kids are teaching you? They'll teach you humility, real quick. <laughs> That's the
2: first thing. <laughs> I said, if you ever get full of yourself, go sit in the room with a, a bunch of middle school kids. Yeah. Or even worse, you go, not I ain't gonna say even worse, but even more so, you know, with a bunch of elementary school kids. Because I mean, they have no filter. Their discernment is so powerful. Mm-hmm. You're not going to fool them. You're not going to play fake. You're not going to get in there and, and I don't know, pull the wool over their eyes because they're going to recognize the real recognize real they're going to try you but once they realize that you real and you're for them and they got you you got their back man you really start to see the impact there but yeah they'll humble you real quick
1: yeah yeah they will (laughs) and and I would imagine if they're in middle school they probably don't remember the uh, college glory days of of Woody Dancer running, uh, running not, through the defense to score the touchdown. Right, it's like who is this? Not guy even to? a
2: little bit, man. <laughs> it's crazy. A lot of these kids weren't even thought about. It. Some of their parents weren't even born when I were playing. And that's how crazy it is, you know. So, but yeah. it's still it's all fun because once again, once you get together, you know those those like spirits connect. And you connect with that young person, or when the, the biggest part of, for me is turning on a light because a lot of them, a lot of them get their light gets dimmed by their environment Mm -hmm. or the things that they've heard the stuff that they see on tv and then all of a sudden they realize they think that's reality but then when you get them to think differently and really see things differently and you see that light come on because my whole thing is to get them one to recognize the greatness that they have Mm -hmm. once they recognize it teach them how
1: to unlock it and once it's unlocked
2: they can walk in it for the rest of their lives so that's always been my aim because I see the greatness. I just got to get them to see it as well.
1: Yeah, that's powerful. That's real powerful. What are some things that you're seeing though that kids today are really facing that that it's a recurring theme? And you know, you look around and you say, "How are we going to fix this?" What What are some of those issues that we see? The number
2: one thing that these kids are facing is an identity crisis. Hmm they don't realize who they are so they try to tag themselves or associate themselves with something that they deem popular or it or in the know or in the fact or whatever that thing is that they deem important it can actually be a smokescreen that's why you can see people on social media call influencers now because mm-hmm. they're influencing kids and it can be the most ratchetest craziest ret- like <laughs> I, mean, I, it's, it's crazy. I just saw this so it's, that's my first example it's this young lady she's on YouTube and she she's selling flatulence she puts it in a glass and she sells it and people buy it and she's making like a million dollars a month it's like crazy it's mind blowing and to hear that you laugh you're like no way but it's like stuff like that is is what it is because these kids have lost their identity and we got so many people giving them the wrong sense of of direction. So, uh, again, that's that whole focus of you seeing it, recognizing it, step in and trying to do something
1: about it. Well, here's here's the problem with something like that too, is that, that, you know, some, some adults our age would look at that and say, Hey, she's making banks, making money. What's wrong with that. And it, 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 it it gives, it gives the impression that that that's success, you know, success Mm -hmm. equals dollar signs. And that's not, that's not what success is at all. And so, yeah, so when, when kids see this and you, you see things like that and you see things that are, that are even worse being sold online and, and people doing things that are, uh, just beyond, um, comprehension just for the, for the almighty dollar, you know, it yeah. it, it makes you fearful for mm-hmm. the kids today because where are they spending most of their time online, right? Online. Social mm-hmm. media, online, TikTok, all of YouTube, all of that. And so you know, it's, it's great that there is someone like you that is putting out positive content uh, to try yeah. to combat some of that stuff. And I, I think that's how we have to do that. Um, you know, we we can think globally and act locally. And, yeah, that's
2: one of the biggest things. Like I said, um,
1: when you engage these young people, you find out
2: how bright, how smart, how talented they are. And, you know, just engage them in conversation. It, it really, it really gives you if you believe the hype you would think that these kids are lazy entitled this that whatever other label they want to put on but it's so far from the truth and you sit down you have a conversation with these these kids are some thinkers mm-hmm. you know they are some true thinkers smart and because of they have access to the internet they now they look up stuff and they look at different sources you know sometimes they do gravitate to some bad information but either way that they're, they're people they're going to search out information and um, if you just engage them in some thought-provoking conversation, you know they can reason themselves back to where they need to be, or to where they need to be.
1: Yeah, uh, for sure. And and let's talk a little bit about your training and coaching. What are you doing there? And and what is your focus? Are you focused on on athletes? Or are you focused on uh, just young people in general? What's What's the training and coaching aspect of your sure. work?
2: Yeah, so the the one, two, three fundamental foundation training is again another thing that pops up. You look, you see all these gimmicks that's going on in training today when so because I train QBs and one thing again, another guy who who was very instrumental in my life with my high school coach, Tommy Brown, and he coined this for what I coined it for him. He said, if you can learn the fundamentals of your position, you can play in any system. But now today, the, the the focus is so much on winning that these kids are only being taught the system and never learn how actually learn the fundamentals of their position. So you you think about a kid for most part, you look at it, most of the places where you see these dominant programs, um, they got kids running the same offense from little league to middle school to high school. So when they get to high school, they know how to run the system. That's why, because all these kids play together in the little league and middle school. Now they get to the, mid, the high school, they all know the steps and they know how to play it. So they're dominant. But as mm-hmm. soon as they leave the um, high their high school, you don't hear nothing more about them because now they can't take those skills. They can't take that system into another system. You can only take fundamentals and skill set into the position. So you look at these kids and how they're throwing the ball. There, there are actual ways to throw the ball. There's some fundamental techniques that is needed, foundational techniques, and that's what I do. You know, I got got to see, and me and a group of individuals, we we see that, we recognize it, so we do something to combat it. We actually take our time to really teach these kids fundamental basis of your position. And with that in mind, I always say, you know, sometimes we can be when we talk about fundamentals. A lot of times, we still got to be able to be flexible enough to let these kids be themselves. Because not everybody's gonna fit that perfect mode of how to throw a football, and I always use the Philip Rivers rule as a, a, a Philip Rivers as as a rule. Because you think about Philip Rivers, nothing about his throwing motion is fundamental, foundationally sound at all. But this kid is deadly accurate, deadly accurate, and it works for him. It's worked for him his entire life. So we look at somebody like that. Why would you change that? Right. But those again exceptions to the rule. Everything else, you know, we would try to keep them in that volume. But sometimes you just gotta let a kid be a player, and you know. But giving them those fundamental, um, that fundamental foundation helps them be successful in life. And again, that's not just on the football field; that's in life as well. You learn these things in the classroom, social settings, all these different fundamentals of communication. You mm-hmm. can take that in any system, in any place in life, and be successful.
1: I love that 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 metaphor because because it is uh, a tendency to focus on you know just what's in front of you the short term the the sport that you're focused on the position of quarterback the fundamentals of footwork the fundamentals of of your throwing motion and all of that Um, but the idea that learning fundamentals in life will allow you to go anywhere versus learning a system that Mm -hmm. puts you in a box it pigeonholes you 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 know you can only be as successful as the system around you but learning fundamentals in life You know, you can take those and you go anywhere and you can be successful in anything that you do. I think that's a fantastic metaphor. I love that, that you're sharing not only your knowledge on the football field, but your knowledge in life and how kids can take that and apply that and use that to be successful on the field and off the field. I think that's fantastic. I I, I can't not ask you about Clemson (laughs) football right now. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. What's going on with Cade? What's going on with with uh, with the team? What do you what are you thinking for 2024? How are we looking? You know what? I don't know
2: right now because even though I stay pretty close to university with my job, I don't get there as much as I used to. And I keep telling myself I need to get back engaged. And I I just missed the tiger, the last Tigerhood meeting, which is through Paul Journey. Tigerhood is a mentoring program where former players mentor current players. You know, I've been doing that for years now, but I just hadn't been able to get back there because, like I said, today I'm in Hilton Head. You yeah. know, Head, Savannah was just in Myrtle Beach. So I'm traveling a lot, and then I'm a family man too. So, hey, am I gonna not deal with my hang out with my family to go down to? The- no, my family's always first and foremost in my life. So when I get back home, I'm, I'm hanging out with the family. So I gotta, I gotta make some ways to get down there to kind of re-engage and find out what's going on. They about to start. I think they started spring ball today, if I'm not mistaken. I think so um yeah, so um I don't know it's just and I'm always the one I want to see who that new team is who's gonna who's going to show up as that leader and how the kids going how, what kind of identity because we all know last year's team was last year's team and it's gonna take spring ball, summer workouts and camp and maybe a couple games into the season for them to figure out what their identity is. And once they find out what kind of team they are, then you'll begin to see. But you'll see flashes of it as we go through this offseason. So I'm always tight-lipped in the beginning until I can get in and find out what's going on, talk to some of the guys, and then watch them out on the field, and then watch them in, um, in the Reeves Center and watch them around campus, just kind of see how they're in together. Yeah. And then you'll get a sense of what kind of team they're going to be. So it's, right now it's too early to tell.
1: How, how vital is that culture? to the success of that team and and we think about culture culture is a a a huge passion of mine whether it's culture within a team an organization a business whatever it is um to me that's one of the most important components how how vital has that been for that team for the success that they've had culture when you talk about culture
2: it always lends to bigger than me And it lends to, okay, yeah, I may want to do this, but how would this affect my team? How would this impact the culture? So yeah, you're an individual, but being an individual within a culture, within a team, you got to realize that everything you do reflects back on the culture or could have a negative effect. Things you do can also have a positive effect. So that's why you got to be able to garner and and govern your, your, your actions under the guise. If you say you're part of this team, um, that's what it's about, you know, governing yourself according to, because again, you is, is, is culture over me is team over me. And that's, it's just, it's a mindset you take on and when you have your bumps in the road, and not everybody's going to go in the same directions, but that's when you have the weeding out process. A lot of time they weed themselves out. But when you talk about culture, it's as, as absolutely paramount that the culture is, is bigger than you because, um, you think about it. I'm pushing myself in these sprints because I want to be well conditioned to be there and do my job in the fourth quarter when my team needs me. I'm going to study for this test to make sure I get an early start on this paper because if I don't get it in, I get a bad grade. Now I'm ineligible. I just let my team down. And mm. team is not just on that football field or in that, in, that, in that coaching office. You talk about that team back at home. Mama and daddy sent me down here. <laughs> my family that's another culture that you're representing so oh it's, it, it, when you think about the whole totality of it you it's, it's always bigger than me and what do i need to do to make sure i'm represented properly so it's absolutely vital in um uh, when you talk about success of an individual plus a team and a culture
1: i i love just the parallels that it has with with a team in sports and business because it's the same thing. I mean, what, what are we doing to make ourselves better, uh, to do our jobs better, to, to perform better, um, to stay extra, you know, an extra 30 minutes to make sure that I get things done so that I don't let my teammates down, so I don't let mm-hmm. my, my boss down, I don't let my company down. Um, it's, it's real, those two just really parallel one another. And just, just shows the, the culture, the how we do things, right? I mean, that's yes. that's ultimately what culture is, it's how we do things around here. It's what, what we tolerate as a team and what and what we don't tolerate as a team. And, right. and and a lot of those you mentioned the weeding out process that happens in business too. You you know, if if someone's just not doing the things they need to do, they're gonna weed themselves out. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's it's teammates that are that are calling them out and and yeah. And I know that happens in sports too, right? I mean, you have the leaders, you have the captains that, that come to a guy and say, Hey, listen, you're not putting, you're not putting a hundred percent into it. I got to see more. And, um, and, and, I think that's, uh, I think that's when, it, when it's that, when it's that way, it makes the job of the coach much easier, but it also creates that collaboration, that team atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just strengthens that bond, right?
2: Yeah. Especially as a leader, you know, if you want to hold someone accountable, you got to be someone who is one self-accountable and accountable to somebody else because you can't hold someone to a standard that you're not willing to keep. So that puts demand on you as a leader, but it also puts demand on those who who choose to follow you that you um, asserted yourself as a leader. So all those go hand in hand.
1: Yep, absolutely. That's that's such a great. That's another great point. Yeah, you you can't hold anyone accountable unless you're holding yourself to really a higher standard. And, yes. And holding yourself accountable as well. So that's, that's awesome. All right, Woody. So I'm dying to know, man, cause you, you know, when we connected, I said, <laughs> Hey, Woody, what, what, what quote, man, what quote do you want to bring for us? He said, I have so many, it's just going to depend on the day. So I have no idea what you've got for us, but I'm oh, dying man. to know. I want to know what your quote is. Who's what's your quote, who said it? And why is this quote really impactful for you? Well, right now I'm sitting on two. Okay. One, talk of about them, them one, of,
2: one of them is kind of like my life story. And it's it's pulled from a poem by Robert Frost, The Two Roads Divide in the Woods. So, you know, the last part of that goes the two two roads divided in the der- derived in the woods. I've taken the one less traveled, and that has made all the difference. Hmm. When I first met my wife, one of the things she coined me as she called me an unapologetic difference. I'm the kind of guy who will do different stuff just because everyone else is doing uh, doing it. Case in point: last time I at the gym, and you know, people at the gym and they're lifting their weights and they look at each other, look at themselves in the mirror. So I notice people look at themselves in the mirror. So I'm actually facing the mirror and I'm doing my my lifts. I close my eyes because everyone else looked at themselves in the mirror, so I close my eyes so I'm not looking at myself in the mirror. But all it is just not. I just like to to blaze my own trail. I can like do my own thing. I don't like to be like anyone else because I'm just built different and I am different. So um, that two roles in the woods that I've taken the one less travel that's made all the difference because it's made me who I am. It's allowed me to be a critical thinker, it's allowed me to overcome obstacles, it's allowed me to learn how to make a way, you know, when there's seemingly no way, and all these things translate over into life and, and me being a leader and being an example for my family. And then the other one, with that same thought process in mind, I used to be the one who think I need to have get everything get everything ready to go. And there's a quote by Martin Luther King that states, "You don't have to see the whole staircase take the first step."
1: Mm. Love that. So, one.
2: <laughs> so that one right there. Those two are kind of my my life looks. I got a lot of stuff that I'm working on, and I'm sitting here like, oh, let me make sure I got this, 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 this. And I was just reminded by a guy that I'm be working with. He said, you know, you don't have to have everything together to get started. Said, Absolutely right. Sometimes we just got to go. And we, you know, got to fill in the blanks as we go. But we just got to take that, take that first step.
1: I love how these two quotes come together because you're talking about the road less traveled. And it's easy to come to a fork in the road and know the road that you should take. Mm-hmm. It's hard to take that first step,
0: which is yes. right
1: along with your second quote. Uh, from Dr. King, which I think is fantastic. So what are some examples, Woody, that, that you've seen in your life where you've reached that crossroad and, and, and you want to take that road less traveled? What are some things that have kind of prevented you from doing that? And how did you overcome that? So
2: one is, let's just go back to me starting my business. I've been wanting to do, I've been, matter of fact, I was told before that, I, I I need to get into speaking. When I was in high school, my, my team chaplain actually called it out and began to develop that when I was in college. And um, I remember for years, I wanted to start a business, start an LLC. And I'm just thinking it's just so complex. It's so complicated that I'll keep looking for someone to help me and no one really helping me. And I don't know. And, and that kept me paralyzed for a couple of years, sadly to say, but then one day it was like, you know what? just got to go let's just let's just start let's just start somewhere so where we going to start we're going to start with the internet how to start an llc oh so all i got to do is fill out this form pay 125 and i got an llc and then go get me a domain name make sure i'm and i'm sitting here like wow and that was that was just great for me because it's it's the whole thing of you know we're so much more capable of of stuff than we think we all we're paralyze ourselves through trying to figure stuff out and sometimes we just need to go and that has been instrumental with everything that i've been doing like even with the mentor program because of that experience i had with the llc i'm sitting down a lot of times i'll just get a a download and i'll be you know, oh this is what i want to do so when i got that program discipline respect responsibility i sat down and wrote the whole thing out and then the next i just sent an email to no i actually went to the school Cause I was picking my daughter up, got there early. And I went and picked up, I went in there and talked to the press and said, Hey, this is what I want to do. And I mean, no hesitation. He was like, when you want to start, wow. you know, yeah. so yeah. things like that is just, it's just, that's what has helped me. That first thing of the LLC being paralyzed for years. I mean, and I'm not exaggerating. It's been a couple, it was a couple almost three years that I mowed over trying to figure out how to start a business in LLC when it was just that simple. So because of that, when it comes to the training program, when it comes to um, the mentor program and other, some other things that I have found in the line, now I just go, you know, make the best decision with the information you have and then make adjustments along the way. So that's, that's what has been instrumental in my life.
1: And it's really, it's so interesting because I, I face the same thing, right? I I've, you know, I've had a corporate job for 25 years and And I've been thinking about doing the whole speaking thing, this whole podcast. Um, My last episode, my guest, she was the one who said, just go do it. You know, I mean, you don't have to have everything all mapped out. Like you said, Um, just, just go do your first one's going to be terrible. And your next (laughs) one will be, your next one will be a little better. Your next one will be a little better and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And, um, And, and, and it's so true. And I found myself, you know, just paralyzed, you know, that paralysis by analysis, like you said, and it's really? it's so interesting to when we finally muster up the courage to investigate, to look for the answers, to find out what it takes. You look around, like that's it, really? Yeah, yeah. that's all I have to do. <laughs> I've been worried about this for years, and I mean, I could have I could have already been so far ahead. Um, mm-hmm. So so a lot of that does it it it'll, it builds in our mind, <clears throat> and this fear and the self doubt and all of the things that that we tell ourselves that we can't do. Uh, just begins to to whisper in the ear and and the devil gets in our ear and starts whispering the little lies to our you know to what we're gonna you know why we can't accomplish something that God has obviously laid out in front of us. And Mm -hmm. and it's just a matter of overcoming that and and taking that road less traveled. So Woody when when you think about how these two quotes can apply to thinking about the kids that you mentor and, and some of the things that they're facing, how do you how do you convey such a such a deep and philosophical message to someone who is just struggling trying to figure out who they are with with the identity the identity crisis that you mentioned earlier. How do you convey that message to a young to a group of young kids?
2: I don't I let them convey it for themselves.
1: Oh wow yeah
2: I've learned this art especially being in sales but there's and it's not it's not a it's, for me it's not a persuasive tactic it's not a straw man tactic. It's genuine questions to get information. Hmm. And that's one, that, again, taken from my father. You know, I, I would ask him a question about something and he would ask me a question back. Like he rarely would give me a direct answer. So if I asked, and, and what he was doing, he's teaching me the things. So when I'm with these kids and they say they did something, they talk, we're talking about something, I ask them a question, get their feedback. Then I'll probe that question. And then I'll probe a couple more times And then instead of saying, well, you should have, you know, one thing is words mean a lot. I'm I'm a big component of words. Words mean what they mean. So instead of saying you should have, I'll say, have you considered this? Mm -hmm. What do you think about this? What do you think would happen if you would have? So now they're not being, I guess, told or they're not being chastised. They're being challenged. Right. And all they want to do, challenge them. They like to be challenged so they can respond. So when you put it in that vein, now there are have been some instances where I had to straight up tell the kid, look, no, bro, you cannot do that. That, no, that's stupid, you know, but you can only do that when you've gotten to the point where you have the relationship to be able to do that. You can't do that off the bat. You got to build a relationship first to give you the uh, permission to speak to anyone for that matter like that. So, um but yeah, that's that's what is. I, I allow them to tell themselves and a lot of them, when they, they end up coming to that. It's like the light bulb goes on. Now, mm-hmm. the actions may not change right away, but now they know. And when they do step out of line, they recognize and they correct themselves. Yep. And it may take a while for them to take that full 180, you know, but the seed has been planted. And that's that's all I want to do. One waters, one plants on the God brings the increase.
1: Love that. Yes. And, and that's not only true for kids. That's true for adults as well. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know how many things that I know in my head that I should be doing that, Oh, uh, just yeah. to build that habit to do, you know, and, and mm-hmm. uh, it's powerful. So, so two quotes, two roads uh, diverged in the wood and I took the one less traveled that's the Robert Frost quote. And then you don't have to see the whole staircase just to take the first step from Dr. Martin Luther yeah. King, Jr. What As we think about our listeners, and, and, and one of the things that I always love for, for my listeners to be able to do, and anyone that I come in contact with, is to win their week. How do you win your week? Well, you win your week by winning that moment, by doing something in the moment that's a little above and beyond, that's a little further than you had planned to go. And then you string a couple of moments together, and suddenly you've won your day. And then you string mm-hmm. a couple of days together. What do you do? You win your week. And so what I want to do is give people an opportunity to take something from these episodes to apply it to their daily life, whatever, whatever their life is, whether they're in school, whether they're going to class, whether they're in sports, whether they're at a job, whatever they are, whether they're looking for a job, because the job market is tough right now. What are some things that people can do to take these two quotes? The, the fact that two roads diverged in the woods and I took the one less traveled, and that I don't have to see the whole staircase just to take the first step. How do we take these quotes? And when are we? It's as simple as a four-letter word called plan.
2: If you want to add three more planning, you know that's that's what this thing is it's about planning and you can set that in three questions. I mean, you know, what do you want? what What is it that you want? What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? And so when you answer that question, you just set you just set a goal for yourself. It can be, okay, what do I want to do? Well, I want to make my bed. Okay. I just made a, I made a goal to set my, make my bed. And then the question is, why do you want to do it? Okay. Why, why am I asking myself why? What is that? That's my motivation factor. And here's the key. This is the part that has to be strong because this, the answer to this question has to be strong enough to make you do what you know you need to do when you don't feel like doing it. That's why I removed that term motivation from my speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone can do you can do anything when you're motivated, but what happens when you wake up and you're not motivated? You don't feel like it. You gotta have that why. And I'm just reminded of back, I tell a quick story when I was in school, coming out of school, getting ready for the 40, Coach Foster, he was training me he helping with my 40 to get my 40 time down. He's asked me the question, why do you want to be in the NFL? And fast forward to my answer, you know, because I kept giving him these just, oh, because I like playing ball. Oh, I just like being on the field, with my friend, you know, it's fun. He said, No. So i'm gonna ask you one more time but this time before you answer i want you to think about it and i sat there and i paused and i remember the fact that my mama worked third shift for, for 30 plus years mm-hmm. my daddy fought in vietnam and has been disabled for as long as i've been born you know it's like i want to take care and give back to my parents to the how, how they sacrificed for me so now when it's two a days and i'm out in the field and i don't feel like you gonna do this okay. because my why is strong enough to push me through. I don't feel like, it, and then, you know, how I'm going to do it. That's just your plan. And that plan, you map it out because the thing about these roads that we're talking about, the one less traveled, you get to this point, now. everyone wants to use the shortcut AI right now. AI is doing everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. No one gets into the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty. You think about how people panicked a couple of days ago when AT&T went out. Folks they know what to do. Yep. You know, for me, that's peace. That was that was great. And <laughs> but here's the thing. How are you gonna do? This? So what have now you planning for if my if my cell phone service goes out or if this doesn't happen? I've got some things lined up. So I have a plan and I'm hoping for the I'm prepared for the best. I'm I hope for the best, but I'm prepared for the worst. I don't go around thinking everything's gonna go wrong. I believe. This plan's gonna work, you know what? But if this plan don't work, I got this plan. I got this alteration. I can. It's like it's like the um, navigation system. I missed my turn. Recalculate. May take yep. a little longer. Shoot, mess around. You might get there even quicker. But just depends. But it's all about what do I want to do? Setting that goal. Why do I want to do it? That's my motivation. How am I gonna do it? That's my plan. And not everyone's doing that. We'll go to we'll go to the internet and grab this template. We'll go to YouTube and listen to this one guy say. And you'll hear the highlights and i put something out like similar to this i say you know anyone looks good in the highlights of their lives you know how 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 good do you look when you take a if someone did a low light reel on you how would you look to people yeah you know so the getting sleeping through my alarm you know just in the place where i'm planning for something and i'm just so frustrated i just got to get up and walk away you know what about those times and then what gets me back to the table? That's all that's in my planning and my understanding. When you take that 50 foot, thousand foot, 10 mile look down the road, because this is where I want to be. Okay. So that's where I want to be. This is where I am. How do I get from where I am to where I want to be as fast as I can? Yep. And then it's a journey. Yep. And that's, and that's the whole thing. I don't have the whole journey mapped out, so, but you know what? I got this, this, and this, so I can talk, start making steps. And sometimes I may have to be crawling to do it, but hey, as long
1: as I'm moving. I love that idea of planning everything out in terms of having a broader picture, but, but not every step is, is mapped. No, it can't be. It can't be. You'll <laughs> never do anything. No, you'll not never, at all. <laughs> you'll, all you'll do for your whole <laughs> life is plan. And and yeah, and that's it. And you'll never actually experience it. And and the and the idea that it's tied and that it's analogous to like a, a GPS or a roadmap uh, is so true because yeah, we, we may miss a turn or or you know what, this road might be closed when we wrote it. it just might be closed. They're doing maintenance. Is closed. Mm-hmm. We got to take a detour. We got to go yes. somewhere else. And mm-hmm. that's life. That is life. I would have never. Ever thought that I would stand on a stage and talk to a thousand people? I, I would be terrified <laughs> until life, yeah, life happened. I had experiences. I had people pour into me. I had I had God open doors. Things happened in my life that here I am, and I'm doing it. And it's and right. and, and I didn't plan it, but I took a detour and I'm taking steps. Mm. I love the way you you put both of these quotes tie them together in a way that that. People can listen and say, you know what? I can do that now. I can do that this week and I can win. Mm-hmm. My week. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah.
1: He is Woodrow the III. Woody Dantzler, thank you so yeah. much for joining us on the Quotivation Podcast. This has been an honor. It's it, It's been a blast. I hope I haven't been too much of a fanboy for you. Gosh,
0: uh, but, but man, so good, you man, listen,
1: thing. I got to tell you though, every time I think of Woody Dantzler, I think of Georgia Tech. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I remember where I was sitting when you ran for that touchdown and you beat what were they ranked? Number nine, I think. Number nine. You Georgia
2: know what? Exact, I think you're exactly right.
1: It yeah. number nine. Oh, I remember that game, man. Uh it was yeah. great. We uh we cheered you on. But uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Quotivation Podcast. Thanks for what you do. Thanks for how you give back to the community and how you're impacting the youth um locally and 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 more. So thank you for what you do, and thanks for being on today.
2: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you sharing your space with me.
1: Well, thank you, Woody, for being on the Cultivation Podcast. Woodrow Dancer the Third, inspiring the youth of our nation and of our world. Thank you for what you do uh, for the young people, giving them someone they can look up to, someone they can uh, confide in, someone that can be a role model for them. If you're interested in connecting with Woody. Uh, do so on social media. He's on LinkedIn, Woodrow Dance with the Third. Facebook as well. Connect with him there. If you know someone that could benefit from his services, whether it's mentorship, whether it's coaching, or whether it's an event where he can bring wooden pieces and talk about his experiences for your organization, for your club, for your teens, for your group. Reach out to him. Take that first step. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step, reach out to him, invite him to have a conversation. You'll be glad you did. Hey, why don't you stick around? Because we have a little bit of dessert left. It's time for the last slice of
0: cheesecake. How about some dessert before you go? There isn't anything that can't be solved over a slice of cheesecake. So before we wrap things up, sit back, relax, and enjoy The Last Slice of Cheesecake.
1: Sometimes you find your life's meaning and what you're meant to do out of frustration. And what he talked about, how sometimes seeing the things that frustrate him in our youth today led him to making a difference, led him to mentoring, led him to coaching, led him to doing something about it. This is why he's involved with young people to share his experiences. I think there's an incredible lesson to be learned here for those of us that are seeking what we are meant to do in life when we're in that spot we get so caught up searching for our passion what makes us happy what is fun to us and that's okay but just be wary because we could be missing our calling our calling of getting involved and offering solutions to those things that frustrate us what he talked about how he wants to help youth recognize the greatness that's inside them. He said there's an identity crisis. It's, it's hard for our young folks today to understand who they want to be because they're, they're being influenced in so many directions and so many people are telling them what they should be. But he wants to help youth recognize the greatness that's inside them. But he doesn't stop there. Because once you recognize your greatness, it's also about teaching them to unlock it. Because when you unlock your greatness within you, you can walk in it for the rest of your life. What he also said that culture always lends to bigger than me. I love this quote. I think it speaks volumes when we think about the cultures that we are a part of. How good of the steward are we of our cultures that we belong to? Are we taking care of them? Are we protecting them? Are we guarding them so they can be promoted in the best light and so that there's nothing that's not in line with our shared values or shared beliefs that's allowed inside our culture? Are we holding each other accountable? There were two quotes that were shared this week from Woody Dantzler, and and they're connected, and I love that. First was from Robert Frost. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. I think about being different, being a contrarian. It's not a bad thing, depending on what you're different from. What he said he was the type of person that would do something different from the crowd. He talked about being at the gym and how people would stand in the mirror and look at themselves and flex. And instead of doing that, when he would lift, he would close his eyes. Just to be different. <laughs> We're similar in that way. I, I tell my wife all the time that the more people say that I'm not allowed to do something, the more likely I am to do it. But being different is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I believe, and I talk about this in one of my keynote speeches called Life is Brand, I believe that being different is one of the keys to creating a charismatic brand, to influencing your personal brand. It, it, it's imperative to be different. Our minds are hardwired to notice things that are different. The decision is not, should you be different? The decision is, how are you going to be different? We need to choose to be better than what people would normally expect. That's how you can be different. To me, that's the road less traveled and it will make all of the difference. But you have to take the first step. And that brings us to the second quote that Woody shared from Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., which says, you don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. We don't always know where the road less traveled will lead. But if that is the road that is going to make all the difference, then we simply need to take the first step. The road will lead where the road leads, but it doesn't lead anywhere until we take that first step. This week, I hope you find courage to take that first step. Whatever crossroads you have been staring at, wondering when or, or if you're going to actually go down the right path, just take a step. Just take the first step and then celebrate. Celebrate your step. It's a small win and we should always celebrate those, but don't rest on it. Take another and then another and then another. And before you know it, you're headed down the road less traveled and that's that'll make all the difference. That's all the time we have this week for the Quotivation Podcast. I want to thank Mr. Woodrow Dancer III. What a great conversation with Woody. He was a fantastic interview. He was a fantastic man, a man of God, a man of giving, a man that gives back. A fabulous role model for our youth. I want to thank Amy Real for sponsoring this week's Shot of Motivation. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for liking. I want to thank you for sharing the Quotivation podcast. Until next time, stay Quotivated.
0: You have been listening to the Quotivation podcast, hosted by America's leading emerging speaker, Jody Powell. If you would like to book Jody to speak at your company, conference, or next event, visit www.jodypowellspeaks.com. You can also email him at Jody, that's J-O-D-Y, at JodyPowellSpeaks.com. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Quotivation Podcast. And remember, stay Quotivated.